Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From a land far, far away where success is a long shot and the struggle really is real comes a voice from the depths of the concrete, the bowels of the BX, a voice that can't be silenced, here to share his positivity. Welcome to the Hope of the Hood podcast. Welcome back to the Hope of the Hood. Uh, Thank you for tuning back in with us. This is your host, Petey. Um, We got a very special guest this week, but before we introduce our guest, we'll talk about some of the things going on this Wednesday. Make sure to come through to the Better Days Comedy Show. Rest in peace, Bar Matchless, but don't worry. You can still see your boy. Better Days, 302 Broom Street. Uh, I don't have the exact lineup, but it should be up. I have a couple dudes. I got Christian Finnegan, Seton Smith on the show this week, and uh, check back in. By the time this drops, we'll have the lineup up. And... um, I think that's all I really have going on right now. I'll be in uh, D.C. on February 7th. I'll give you more details closer to then. Uh, And other than that, you know, we out here, the first week of the year was fucking successful. You know, we still got the right trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Billy, how was your first how was your first week of the year? Oh, it was banging. Celebrating my birthday Oh yeah Shout out to my man Billy Happy fucking 30th birthday Now we got you lit. G We got super lit bro We fucking Our guests got super lit guests. with us Matter of fact I might as well just bring him in now Because we, we gotta talk about the fucking oh, party Oh he's on IG yo, live right now Come Yo let me introduce this guest I'm, I've known him for a little while now And first of all Anybody that can put up with this guy right here is good with me You know what I'm saying And this dude They partners uh, They have a dope ass podcast Called Feed the Meter You can check it out On iTunes And all of that iPod What is it I, uh, Podcast Apple I, Podcast Apple Podcast Apple Podcast uh, What else we got And then Yo my man he, he been putting in a lot of work We are gonna Get to the root of his story uh, Right now He is a host On Hot 97 He's got his own show He's got his own slot He's fucking moving up From the From the mud You know what I'm saying From the soot you know how good it was? I fucking texted someone earlier. They're like, who you got on today? And I was like, yo, my man, DJ Juanito. And then, you know, you got to do the whole, the the, the the credits and all that. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's just he's a new host over at High 97. You know, he put in mad work. So, um, yo, welcome, DJ Juanito, man. Thank you yeah. for coming, bro. I never got that intro before. See? See that intro, Billy? That's an amazing intro. I know. I try to set you up when we do our podcast. <laughs> he never, never able to seal the deal. But yo, we was at the party though, Billy party, thirty years old. Yeah, man. Happy blessings for the next nice thirty. I ain't gonna Tonight. lie. When when it first started, I was like, you wasn't there. A lot. Of, it was like his friend. Like, 
It was like home. five of us. And I was like, oh boy. Like it was, oh, it was one light. Of the, it was light. What time was that? I got there what? Eleven ish? This was at, at like nine forty five ten. Oh, all right. It was you know, it was it early. It was early. But like I was like so I'm like I always get skeptical at first. Right. Like, I was skeptical. I was like, oh but but I felt good because I was like, at least he can't say that I didn't show up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least he know like your friend is gonna be there. And then my man Juanito came through. A bunch of people came through. That shit was pretty lit. Dirty thirty. Oh, and then we went to this fucking the, the I don't want to call it an afties, but it was a very afty vibe. Afty vibes. Uh, it was very afty vibes. That Yo, it was, was crazy. because one of my one of my legends, one one of a good friends of mine, and so crazy because he was so drunk. But if I had a conversation, he probably would forget. Tony Touch was in there, and then a, a good friend of my Static Selector, they were just drunk. I was like, oh, they're not gonna remember us being there. So I was like, I was just as drunk as they were. Yo, probably. we was they, they was eating like. Beef lo mein while niggas is <laughs> smoking mad cigarettes and fucking smoking, <laughs> smoking blunts. So niggas just eating fucking beef fried rice and shit. And I was like, that's lit, man. It was a good time. Um, so welcome to the show, man. Thank, Thank you so you, much for coming. Yeah. I, I'm honored that you're here. You know, I've been on your show a couple times. Feed the meter. It's a fucking lit show. Like I said before, people, you guys go over there. iTunes, check that shit out. Appreciate it. You man. always got good guests. Um, and... I never really got to get to the to the origin story. Like mm-hmm. we know where you at now. Mm-hmm. We you 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 got a sh- you're hosting a, uh, your own slot. Yeah, recently just got uh start of the year was a new late night show. So basically they they put me in with with a with an all star team with Drewski. He has his own show called um the Movement, and then followed by Real Late with Peter Rosenberg, and then we have another show called uh, International Hour with DJ Lee. But it, I'm narrating you throughout the whole night. Oh shit! And then the last couple hours before the morning show, that's just all me. Then my man steals the show. You know what I'm saying? That's how you know. Make like, people don't even want to go to sleep when my I, man is on, son. They call Mr. C the finisher. Now I'm the finisher. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That, so, yeah. And it, it's interesting because it's like I'm taking you throughout the whole night, and, but I'm on one night out the whole week. So I was trying to brainstorm a, a, a name, a theme, and there was so many things came about. And I knew about this shift a while. I worked hard at this. Like, mm-hmm. I went to my boss. Um, I'll give you the name of the show really quick. I call it uh, one, one Night Stand. Mm. So I called One Night Stand, Juan Night Stand. <laughs> you have that, like, like the. <laughs> so I call it One Night Stand because it made sense. But I had that name kind of like recently. But when I kind of thought of it, Cypher Sounds and Roseburg came out with their One Night Only podcast reunion for One Night, right? But it's just one, though, right? Yeah, they're just doing a one-off. Yeah. But mine's a one-off on the One Night Stand. But anyway, um, yeah, this show is uh, is amazing, man. I'm glad I have it. I worked really hard and, and uh, behind the scenes and trying to figure out how, what's the best way to put me, myself on. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, and I really want it for all your listeners to know that like, I really put things into existence as far as like, yo, I said to my boss, and he looked at me crazy, but I, I definitely said it to him. I was like, yo, uh, shout out to P.O., uh, my, my PD. He was like, yo, I'm going to be one of the biggest stars on this station. He looked at me like, ha, <laughs> He laughed. I was like, no, for real. When was this? When did you tell him this? A year ago. Okay. Oh, wow. A year to this day. Or a year, probably a year or more. And I was like, I'm going to be your biggest star. And then people started leaving the station, and then like things started moving around. And and it was just like, all right, we'll take a chance. And then one magical day on the, on the morning show it just happened. Like it just it just sit. And I was able to understand my role on the morning show as my character. So the character. And this is the morning show with Ebro. Ebro in the morning. Okay. Uh, Monday through Friday, six eight, six a.m. to ten a.m. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with Lower Style. That's big. Road. That's a big fucking show. If people don't know that not in New York. That's like wherever you from, wherever the morning, whatever the hip hop morning show is. So times that times twenty in New York City. So mind you, like I've been listening to this radio station since I was like in my diapers. That's that's how like I'm in. in with this. Was that with the morning show with Ed Love and Dr. Dre and them? Was mm-hmm. that that was ninety eight point seven? Actually, I used to. They had this 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 segment on Ed Love and Dr. Dre called uh, the Roll Call. I was just thinking about that. The Roll Call. What's up, y'all? Uh, what you gotta say? say Who was on the phone with Ed Lisa? Ah, you know I remember that. Yo, shit. I, and I called and I got through. He's like, "Who's this?" Yo, my name is John from New Rochelle. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, we're not gonna say." I was like, "All right, my name is Johnny. Yeah, Johnny sounds better." <laughs> my name is Johnny, and I, uh, I said, "My name is Johnny. And I'm not really funny, but uh, my dad really smells, and I hate my mommy." And it's like <laughs> bars, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, bars. and they're like, "Oh, wow, you're gonna get grounded, some shit like that." But like, that's how I'm indebted with the station. That's crazy. I really love. Since back in the day, and it's not only that. I think the culture just of New York, just you know, because me growing up to that, and then me. Watching Ralph McDaniel's of uh, um, music. I'm just going through my timetable of, of, of what's going on, but and I just feel that I got I was able to grab the confidence to tell my PD now over a year ago, yo, I'm gonna be the biggest star because I think that I thought about all my heroes growing up. Mm-hmm. They were stars to me, right, right, and right. what what made them is they had a character, they had a role, they they understood the role, they understood how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably a year and a half ago, there was um. I was trying to figure out what is my, how can I fit my role better? Like, you know, we would do stunts on the morning show and I would just go outside with my shirt off and freezing cold. They'll paint my body with like, like flowers and shit. Like they would do pranks. We do, we'd jump myself in the egg. Like we would do different pranks. Just, but I never, I didn't think about, I was more worried about being cool than actually mm. fulfilling the role. Like just play the part and you'll flourish. Right. Play that role of just being like, you know, oh, that's the wild kid. That's the wild, nutty. Lucy Goosey, like play that role, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty good at being random because my life is always random. So when I s- finally settled in and to understand the role better, that's what I was able to flourish. Um, okay. Yeah, like I, I, listen, I'm not the smartest guy nor the dumbest guy, but it's fun making people laugh, and I made it. Uh, I was able to put it in myself in the shoes of how can I make people laugh instead mm-hmm. of worrying about worrying about me. Right. At the end of the day, that's really about the listener, and right. that's what I worried about. Growing up, like, yeah, they made me laugh, and they put their lives on the line to make us laugh, and that shit was crazy. So it's funny you bring that up because fucking Uh-oh. like I remember, dude, Hot ninety seven, and even before that, ninety eight point seven Kiss FM, dude, Oof. that was like, that was everything, bro. Like on some fucking, you going to school, you listening to fucking Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, oh, and Lisa man. all day. You know what I'm saying? And then at oh. night you had, I remember since like Red Alert and then I remember before Flex came through and then it was Red, like before Flex it was Red Alert and then he passed the baton to Flex. But I remember, yo, li- listening 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock when they do the little mix and shit and you hear, you know, you recording the shit off of you for your own cassettes and shit like that. So that even when I come through and y'all invite me to record there, yeah. like I'll be cool, but I'm still like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit is big for me. So I was like, big. So all right, so you're working there. We're gonna rewind now. Okay. Um. So you're from New Rochelle. New Rochelle, uh, Westchester County. Westchester County. Um. I used to have a uh. My my sisters had a teacher that lived in New Rochelle, 
and she would invite us over every summer, and they had a pool. So that was the, it was a it was a it was Must a, be at a good side. Of it was an outdoor pool, not overground pool, but it was like it was a vibe. It was definitely the nice part. Yeah, definitely nice part. And I didn't know there were bad parts, but there are there because are. I've been there and I see just like in Yonkers. Was this was this in the two, early two thousands or nineteen ninety? No, this is like early nineties shit. This is like early back. This is back 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 in the okay. day. Okay. So you're from New Rochelle, Westchester County, um, and so you grew up there. Yeah, for the most part, uh, growing up. Uh, my parents from uh, are Mexican descent, so they. Um, I probably if I been I grew up living probably till I was like I think like sixteen seventeen, then I moved from there to Portland. So that's uh, how the fuck was that? Like how old were you sixteen? Yeah, I moved when I was like sixteen, going to seventeen. I moved from and mind you, I grew up in New Rochelle, so right. I, everything I knew from. <laughs> Uh, being in West as a kid, go, always going to the Bronx, buying mixtapes, buying weed, buying sneakers. Yeah. Where did you get your mixtape from? Did you go? Did you go to the spot on Webster off of Fordham Road right uh, there? Youngstar. Okay. Youngstar on Grand Concourse. I'll get my cut at Elegance, which is on 183rd. Yeah. Uh, my guy Angel used to give me a lineup. Um, and it, I'll get my barbers. They were really wasn't consistent, but when I found my, my, that one barber in in the Bronx, I stuck with him. Um, yeah, but also my brother was he was a man, he was a he was a wild animal. Like wow. he had a he had a he had an MPV which was Oh, this your older brother? Yeah, my middle, okay. my middle older brother. And Damn, then he had the MPV so He had an Audi, son. he had an Audi. Damn, son. Yo, he was he was moving. And what was this night in the 90s? Mid 90s. Okay. Yeah, mid 90s he had the MPV nine. So you got people you got to understand the MPV you don't know this Mazda MPV. You might have heard uh, Ray and Ghost shouted out on the fucking uh, Can It Be when it was like, yo, MPVs is fat, Bad. nigga. Ooh. It was like you can get all of your goons in a minivan that didn't really look all the way like a minivan. It looked like a Jeep and a minivan. Yo, like, you know who bit they shit? Fucking uh, the, the Benz van. Like, I feel uh, like I always, yeah. whenever I see the Benz van, I'm uh -huh. like, oh, they stole the whole vibe of making it look like a truck. They took the whole truck. joint. So, so that's that's big. So you had you was in the MPV. Yo, Did he have speakers in the trunk? Yeah, speakers in the trunk. But remember, there's one crazy thing. So everything ties with High 97. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it until now. Now, because you're able to really put things in, in perspective. So... In 94, I, I called the radio station, and it was for, um, like, a random ticket. And the person that was that won the tickets from was a was an honor personality. who She did a different station called Deborah Rath. She did, like, CD 101 Jazz. She did Mad, different station, whatever. Mm -hmm. She jumped around. Um, and I won a four-pack tickets to Action Park. Oof, that's and this is They used to call that shit Class Action Park. <laughs> mad people used to get hurt over there and oh, shit. Oh, it's crazy. And then you could... Easy find a jump up over there. It was, oh, I, oh, and um, I won a four pack. So my brother, I told my brother, he just got the van, and we were on our way driving. We were listening to Clues tape. Which one do you remember? Oh man, what's the name of it? It was just, there was a mixtape that had uh, one more chance, the original, um, but the one with the the the, vo uh, the interlude inside. You sure it wasn't the? Uh, and then on the back, you sure it wasn't the clue. Had the two big, biggie exclusive. Was it the clue and the what? Was it the clue bad boy tape? No, no, no. It was. Okay. It was. One side had the what. The other side had one more chance. Uh, uh. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Big, big, um, hit, big smash. And then um, not the remix, not the remix that's popular, but the original that's on the Ready to Die joint. Mm. But it had like, it had um, Big L it had a mash it on that on that tape. Um. 
It had an early, early. No, I don't think it had early Fab. I think it had Mace. It had X. It had um. I'm trying to think. Red Man, of course. Kid Capri mm-hmm. had a little uh, snippet. Um. So we're driving, and I'm we're listening to this tape. MPV. I mean, you can't get more New York Street yeah. than that. It was just. I remember driving through, um, in a different car that my brother had, the Audi, on a Thursday late night, going to, uh, uh Fort Tyron in, in the Heights. To get weed and listen to Stretch and Bobby on a late Thursday night. Hold on, one one other thing. Uh-huh. People out there listening, you gotta understand, this is the boogie down fucking Bronx. We're talking Washington Heights, boogie down Bronx. You gotta understand, everybody's on the fucking train. Everybody is on the bus. A few people have cars, but for the majority, Yo, people are facts. fucking mass transiting. And if you told the shorty you would take her to her auntie's crib, it didn't matter if you had a Corolla. It didn't matter if you had a Sentra. You was going to be the man that night. But let me tell you something. If they, he, he said the Audi. Yo, there was, the Audi's like a fucking spaceship in the Bronx. There so was you, a thing. If you had a car, you were, you were like, all right, I'm going to leave my area. I'm going to drive around like maybe like the Bronx or Queens, big. meet a joint, big. and tell like, yo, you want to come meet to the Bronx? They're like, i never been to the Bronx. And that's been the thing. Like, people from Brooklyn haven't really traveled to the Bronx. They haven't really seen that. But if you take them to a different place they haven't seen, they're like, whoa, what's this? That's crazy. Right? My brothers do that all the time in Smash. I'm, on, 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 I'm like, you a dirty bastard. I'm yeah. like, damn, I like this guy. Learning the way. All right. <laughs> so so you, you're up there. You're copying the tapes. Um. And, and not only that, in 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 the row, it's it's like you know, it's a lot of history in there as far as hip hop, like Brand Newbie, Grand Pooba, uh, of course Grand Pooba, Lord Jamal, Sadat X, um, one of uh, Lord Jamal's brothers, uh, uh, Real, we call him Reality, but we call him Real for short. He's a good person of mine. Um, DJ Alamo, shout out to Alamo, man. I just saw him recently. He was um. He's a uh, he's refereeing for different basketball games. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's crazy. Like you will see someone that you you grow up, and he's he's always in the mix. Like he he ran with a little Chris and DTP. Alamo that Doogie is you <laughs> it, man? Yeah, so I think it's all that we digging the crates, B. Come on, don't ever flinch like that when I hit you again, baby. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yo, I could be like chilling and just go like this to Billy. He always, I'm like, dude, you're oh, we're yeah. family, brother. So. New Rochelle, mm. and the other thing, people, if you're listening, New Rochelle in the Bronx, it's like fucking the taint. You know what I mean? You're right there. So one hinge fucking separates the two places. Um, so did that influence you too? Like, all right, so you, you told me you're going to the Bronx. Was that like a thing, like, since it was so close to New Row? Was it like, my brothers, it, it we going to go over there? My and connection with a lot of things growing up was my brothers, because my brothers were like, like my dad, because I didn't live with my dad for most of my my. Uh, growing up, mm-hmm. so my brothers were like the head guys in, in the household. So was that your mom's, you and your bros? Yeah, and okay. then my older brother was always working, but he was like he wanted to be in the rap game. He bought all the equipment. He had like a like a rap group. He bought all the NPCs, producing the Damn, keyboard. Son, that shit, yo, and that costs a lot. Real back. talk, my G. He real, spent like can I tell you real talk? Guap. Like, we keep veering off because I'm excited, people. You don't understand? Juanito's taking me down memory lane, bro. Shout out to Sean Wright, man. I'm about to tell him a story. So, like growing up, I used to love blend. Blend tapes was my joint, son. Uh-huh. Blend tapes was my shit, son. Like, the first time I heard an R&B song with a hip-hop beat, oh. I almost lost my fucking mind, right? So, my me and my man, my man, it was my best friend, Vern, and his older brother, Sean, B. 
So I was always like a kid that hung out with the older dudes, right? So he was like, I don't know, like seven, eight years older than me, but like, how's your brother? So we right. chilling, and we would just vibe out, just get get twisted, and we would always listen to music. Like this dude was a mixtape, like Timberland boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of mixtapes, everything. You know what I'm saying? So like we would be like, yo, we gonna start DJing. Like I, that was our thing. Like we would remember the little fucking uh, little record pool joints, uh. and then in the magazines they would have like, yo, this is, this is how much these techniques cost, and then like whatever, <laughs> and we'd be like, yo, if we could just get one at a time, yeah. and then you know what I'm saying. So it was like a big deal, but it did cost a lot of money. So whenever you saw a kid on the block with turntables, you was always like, this nigga's doing, he doing better than me. Oh yeah, you get jealous. He's do- I remember this. I remember um, there was this kid on my man's block. I forget his name. And he had turntables, and he was the fucking man, son. Cause it was like whenever there was a jam, you knew he'd bring his decks out, and you knew he'd be. And then I remember there was a kid I went to high school with called um, Cool Kid. Mm. Back in the day, in he, the Bronx. Yeah, he was yeah, running. Yeah, he was yeah. running with Desert Storm back then. Yeah. Do you know how big that was, bro? Like when we was in high school, it's like this nigga runs with Clue you went to and them. I went to Truman. Oh wow! I was like, yo, this nigga go. Cool kid. Yeah. Used to run with his kid, one of my good friends named DJ Quiz, who lived on 238 in in, um, in White Plains Road. So cool kid. Oh go- shit! I think I know him too. Well, now Quiz is a, is a Jeezy DJ. Okay. And the funny thing with me and Quiz was we went to we met through a mutual friend named Alex, who's a, a famous photographer right now. Um, we went th- met through him, and then ever since I met him in the at DJing this teen night mm-hmm. at the, in Westchester, me and him clicked like. Oh, we best friends. Like we gonna we gonna rock out, whatever, whatever. So how like he he ended up going to college at Lehman, and he needed an internship. And now at that time, well, I'm going fast forward, so we'll come back to it. Anyway, I got him an internship at I ninety seven, and he kind of and then from there he was able to work with Rosenberg enough enough kind of liked him, took him on his wing mm-hmm. enough, and then Quiz able to do some great. Great things to now he's like G Easy DJ. So it's that's crazy. Yeah. So I I don't forget like certain people that like come out with me or just really want to put in work and f- try to figure out ways to make it happen. Only thing I see differently because I, I it took me a long time for me to figure out what I wanted and to hustle where I'm at. So if I don't see you just do similar things or b- bigger hustles than me. Then I, I don't really take you serious. I fucks with this dude. Hold on, all right, rewind. Because okay. you go into—he's giving us gems before we even extracting the gems. Like you can't just give us the diamonds. Let us Sorry. fucking mine. <laughs> we gotta mine for this shit a little bit. He's gonna mine, so, fuck you, gentlemen. Mine. He's gonna mine, fuck you. <laughs> so all right, so your bro, your older bro got the equipment. He got the MPC. Like that's even beyond fucking turntables. Like you gotta understand the MPC. That means you got samples. You're doing fly shit at this point. Like yeah, it's he, had, he had a lot. He spent a lot. I mean, and, and he was working with my dad at the restaurant. <clears> so. All his money came from Your dad from had a restaurant? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So my dad, like... like Where at? New Row? No, nah, he, he, his was in uh, in Yonkers for a while. Before that, it was in, in uh, Long Island. But here's the crazy thing. So people thought, like, you know, oh, your dad owns a restaurant. You well off. I'm like, I'm not well off. I'm still with my mom's. Mm-hmm. And she's on Section 8. Man. And my dad, you know, got with some some other chick. So I was like, oh, you slick ball Latin kid. You know, hood, hood shit. Hood right. shit, right? So it was always like, oh, you're good. You, you, you know, it was never that for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though my dad came around, he always kind of kept in contact. So I never felt like he was not my dad, yeah. but he just never lived with me. So I always thought the norm was living with my brothers was it. Yeah. So I, that was able to understand that. And then learning, oh, I was a bad motherfucker. Being, I, I treated my mom 
Not he was that. the youngest. Yeah. I was the youngest. I was running through that household because like, there was no, there was no, there was like, no man to tell you what to do. No curfew. That was like me too. No, but there was okay. fights. Like me and my brother had real brawls. Like me and my middle brother, rest in peace. Me and him had some brawls. Like where like you will fight. Like there was no tomorrow because he was the aggressive and he was he got fucked up doing drugs. So he will come home drunk, pissy, this and this and that. What age is this? Would you say? Oh, he's older than me. Oh, I was. Uh, what was the age difference? Oh, eight. <laughs> Eight years? Yeah. This is your middle brother? Middle brother. And the one older than him was a year a year older than him. So nine. So then, so you and the middle brother, all three of y'all lived at the crib with Mom Dukes? Yeah. Okay, so there, you, you having fights with your middle, with your eight-year-old. Eight regular fight. Well, to me, I thought it was regular <coughs> fights. I thought those fights really happened. Some didn't have those similar type of fights, but we would fight because it was just like, you know, he got, and maybe I don't know if people really go through this, but if you have a family member that's into the drugs a lot, whether mm-hmm. he's, he's doing coke. And you know You find guns in, in this thing You're like Whoa he's real Like I didn't know What he was But I would see the guns I would see the drugs I'm like Oh I see this shit on TV mm-hmm. But I, that didn't scare me I was like Oh shit I mean, one time he had, The gun was in the drawer I grabbed it And I started playing Like fucking like Clint Eastwood Like <laughs> Like in, in the room Playing around mm-hmm. How old are you at this time? Oh I'm like Nine Okay So I'm like You know You're not thinking That the consequences so, and I hear my mom coming out like, oh, shit. So I jump back on the couch, and my brother lived on the couch. Like, the living room was the living room was my brother's. I had one little small room, and then my mom had one room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my middle brother had the, lo- the, the last room. So we all kind of, like, lived. Every time I was sleeping with my mom's because she, there was no space because my right. other brothers had their own room, and I didn't have my own. So I was like, all right, well, I'll, I had to probably sleep with my mom, like, in the same bed from time to time, or I'll sleep on the couch, mm-hmm. or I'll make my bed on the floor. So there was some real shit, but I would think that be normal. That's how I was too growing up. Like I would think, I would think that shit was regular until I like left, and I'm like, oh shit, you telling me everybody don't have roaches in their crib like this? <laughs> like, Yo, roaches was a game. You didn't know what roaches was, was a game. Yo, it was like fucking. It was like 007. Like you're going to the house like. Oh, get him. Yo, like, that shit was lit, man. Oh, I would take spitballs and try to hit the fucking roaches on it. <laughs> oh, I was like, yo, this is amazing, yo. yo I nah, so, all right. Yeah, but so, so your moms came in, you playing with the gun. Mm-hmm. What happens? You jump back on the couch. She didn't see me with the gun. I was like able to jump back on the couch, and the drawer was still open, so I just threw the gun in there. Uh-huh. But not, not thinking about what the gun might do if I just threw it. That shit could have went off, but it never did. Okay, yeah. So yeah. thank God that shouldn't happen. If it did, it would be a different conversation than my bu- my mom would have my brother. So this is your middle brother now, and is it which brother was you closest? Was you closest to your middle brother or your oldest brother, or was you just like on your own shit because you was the baby of the bunch and shit? Definitely baby of the bunch, but um, probably closer to my middle brother only because we spent so much time together. And that's the one with the MPVs. It's fat. MPVs okay. fat. Learned a lot of the street shit, but then my older brother was a smart guy. He was the street. He was. Uh, he was. He didn't really do this, a lot of the street shit because he got. There was a time where he just like he was running in the streets, and he's like, I can't do it. I'm mm. gonna just be straight, earn my money, go to college, do this, do the street, do buy the books, make extra extra bread, hustle. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. Mm. My middle brother was a hustle, but he just spend mad money. He just always be in debt. He just loved it. Get money, but spend money. You always wonder why drug dealers always be broke. Drug dealers, like, yo, that's fucked up. But like, I know when I was hustling, I never really 
so the bugged out shit, like I tell people, like I do comedy now. I want to be the best, you know. So like, my whole life, I never wanted to be the best at anything. Even when I was making mad money, when I was hustling, mm-hmm. I never cared about being the best hustler. I just wanted my money back, and I didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so fair. like, imagine living your life where you just like, I mean, which is like just basically like a job. Like you don't want to get fired, and mm-hmm. you just want to get that check. Yeah. So it's like the same thing. Like one is way more extreme as far as consequences go. Right. So yeah. I, I, and and that's the same thing. What now being on the air? I will go back to the story. Like I want to perfect being on the air better. Like right. I understand I have a role on the radio, but there was a time where I didn't know how I, I would have a shot to be on the radio. Right. Because there were so many people that were getting the shot. I'm like, yo, only because they've been. To me, I just thought that they just had a. They were being not favored, but they just. They just had their turn. So right. I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna get my turn. I'm gonna just wait, and I'm not. And I'm gonna fight for my turn. I'm gonna make my turn happen. I'm gonna make my opportunity happen. Um, and it took so long that that when they 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 unleashed it, like, yo, well, you got a slot now. Like, people like, oh, that's so. I'm like, yo, if you told me I was gonna be on the air on the air in 2003 when I first got to to hot, I was like, no, no way, because there were so many juggernauts, so many moguls, like. The Angie, the Flex, uh, Mr. C, the Fat Man School. The, it oh. was, you know, what I'm saying they were, the Star on Buck Wild was still at the uh, on the radio at that time, and then, you know, the morning sh- those morning shows went in and out, left right. and right. After Star, it was like Sway. Then you know Sway got booed at Summer Jam, and then he got booed at Summer Jam. Sway got no Sway got booed at Summer Jam. For what? What did he do? So after after well. Um, after Starbuck Wow, Starbuck Wow was such a I fucking loved him. Excuse me. I loved him. Everyone he, Star even now, I, I sometimes I'll check on his shit. I fucking love that guy. And they New York loved him so much because it was just part of the, the fabric. It was real shit. It was just funky. He so, he keeps it mad funky before your first cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> like that's oh, wow. that's O D. Like, nigga, you're not supposed to talk like this before the first cup of coffee. And he's going he's wild, it's a wild animal. But he was that and then when you go from that to like Someone from the West Coast that no one really knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're a real hip hop industry person, then you're like, who, the f- who the fuck is? Nah. Yo, honestly, I was like, who the fuck is Sway? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to do some more research. I knew of the name, but I knew. I think I knew him from MTV at first. Right, you kind of knew him from that. As a host, that's like. But then, the host. when I did more research of, of the radio, I was like, oh, I respect what he did and who he brought in. I, honestly, um, Sway was kind of like a gift in, in some aspect because he brought in this info. So his info got her first shine on hot dual sway. Mm. Um and then it was it that's how she kinda stuck around at the radio station. Then I became a producer over time. So I learned a lot of gems through Miss Info. But that um Damn, we we jumping around. Yeah, cause I'm still we still we we went we went from your life because I want to get into it progressively. because yeah. we're so I just wanted to get like your life. You knew Rochelle. Um there's three brothers. You're the youngest of three brothers. You're living with your moms. Being your the pops first. is in and out of the of the crib, not really there. Um, your 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 middle brother's kind of putting you on to the to the, just kind of like you know not be a square. And um, so it, and funny thing is, I'd start like my, I saw like in black chicks, through my older brother because he started dating a lot of black chicks. Oldest or older? Just older. older. Okay, the older one. The middle one, he like white Spanish chicks. Mm. So it was like. When they saw, you know, my brothers at a young age, like, yo, you dating a lot of black girls. I was like, yeah, because my older one dated. And and my mom used to call me the black one in the family. Like, oh, you're the black one in the family. 
She's like, well, yeah, you definitely look Dominican. When I first met you, <laughs> when they told me he was Mexican, I was like, nah, it's not, he ain't Mexican. But then it was like, all right. He was like, and my mom was like, oh, it's an negrito, it's an negrito. I was like, I guess, sure, whatever. Because I, I never hung out with the Spanish Spanish crew on the block. Like, I just, and there were only, we were the, actually, we were the, one of the first Mexican um, families in New Rochelle and west of the county that, I, that we know of mm-hmm. that my dad was one of the first ones there. And he kind of like, you know, it was so weird being that. And then from our block for being the only. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mexican family on the block was all Italian neighborhood. My block, I mean, that neighborhood was all Italians. Maybe one black person. So now it's like the whole neighborhood's Mexico. It's That's really right. like that. It's like motherfuckers who, who, are, who are ex-assassins, ex-hustlers, ex Smugglers, drug dealers trying to live, get out of Mexico, they live in this town. Mm. Is it like a melting pot? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like a melting pot of just like the, a new life of, of, of people that want to leave their life and people that do still live that life. Some live in that town still, only because it's like, oh, it reminds them back of being at home. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yet, you know. But you were back and forth. So you said, you mentioned earlier, you were 16, you went to Portland. What happened? Why'd you go to Portland? Oh, um, so I guys used to get I used to <laughs> in middle school. They, we take the bus to from Alba Leonard, the middle school to to my crib. In the back of the bus, this was Snapple was popping on, on Howard Stern. So what was popping? Uh, Snapple. Okay. Because Howard Stern had these Sna- Snapple commercials. Mm, mm, mm. So I would stay up late and watch Sna- and watch them do like Howard Stern would interview with, like porn stars and yeah. shit like that. And he and one shit. of the sponsors was Snapple. I was like, "Oh, I need to drink that." So there was they, finally Snapple came to the came to around my way. So I would drink Snapple, and I would save one in my book bag for the end of the end of the day, and drink one during classes. And then on the bus, uh, and I was I think seventh seventh grade. I used to throw the Snapple outside the bus as target practice and hit cars. You gotta understand, people. Snapple, I've seen Snapple bottles go upside of people's heads. These <laughs> things break very easily. Okay, so you threw one. We were bored, and we were just like, fuck it. One, and then one instant, one, one, um, one situation happened where I threw, I threw the bottle at a car, not knowing who was in the car. It was three black dudes, all packing. And the funny thing is, they were following the bus where they waved a gun to the bus and it was the bus is full it was, a, it was a beeline bus full of middle school kids and they were like they got a gun and mind you the whole bus was like 
screaming, no, they got guns. And the bus driver doesn't know what's going on because all the kids are yelling X, Y, and Z. And the car is like going inside, a car, going inside of the bus. It's like, pull over, pull over. And the bus driver's like, no. Finally, the, the, the bus driver pulls over at, at one of the main last stops. And then the, the car pulls in front of the, a bus and gets out. Four dudes get out. Who the fuck? Tell that motherfucker who threw the fucking bottle, yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, wow. Meanwhile, the bus driver called the cops already. One of the guys was still packing. And then the bus driver gets out like, yo, you guys have gun. No, we just want the guy. We just want the guy. And that's it. You guys can leave. Go about your way. We just want that whoever threw the bottle. I'm I'm like in the middle of the, of the bus like, yo, this has got to be crazy. And you're in seventh grade? Seventh grade. Mind you, I, I got I got I got transferred uh, when I was from 11th grade. So it this is one of the reasons why. So this is like a building case. This is in 11th grade. No, this is this is a seventh grade. This Se- is oh, like yeah, yeah. It, the beginning of his bad streak. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. This is was one of the reasons why I got shipped to Portland. Okay. Um, and then these guys come. And then the cops, as soon as the guys get inside the bus, the cops come. So the dudes had to get out. The cops come, X, Y, and Z. They're like, hey, what's going on? Oh, this kid threw a bottle, X, Y, and Z. Oh, all right. They put me in cuffs in the back of the... Uh, How they know it was you? They snitched on you? Oh, there's one kid in the middle like, he did it! <laughs> he did it! This little bitch-ass Jermaine. Jermaine, I done whipped his ass, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably Jermaine that wore suede in the rain, man. Fuck him, man. Fake-ass karate kid. Yeah. Um, and then... And I got back in the back of the cop car with my cuffs, and it's like, yo, listen. And the, cu- the cop's like, listen, we're not going to arrest you. We just got to put the cuffs on. It looks like whatever, whatever. When we get to the to precinct, just call your brother. Because they knew my brother. They knew me already. It's like, call your brother. Tell him to come get you, and you'll be all right. I was all right. One of the guys was like, had this twitch or whatever. It was acting a little funny. The cop just had a, just a hunch, like, yo, let me see your ID. They check the ID. Then they're like, oh, well, you guys are, where are you guys from? They're from Milan or whatever, or, or Virginia, something like that. And like, you mind guys popping your trunk? Yo, they had mad drugs in the back. There's Yo, some. wow. They played themselves. You took you took, them down, you took down the ATL cartel, <laughs> bro? Damn, son. I was like, yo, they, they, when I got back to the, to the fucking uh, the precinct, they're like, Listen, you're they not in you trouble. Me- they gave you a medal? No, no, no. You're <laughs> not in trouble. But what we're all going to do, we're going to give you a free uh, uh, police academy school training. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? He's like, we're going to oh. help you out and be a better person. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, whatever. That was one That was a reason. one of the reasons why they wanted me to send me to Portland. The second yeah, reason was happen. in 10th grade, I was a fucking wild, like, wild. I barely went to school. I will wake up. Meet one of my boys named uh, Marlon and the other guy named Baby. We call him Baby because he had a baby face. And we'll go to a deli. We'll get a 30-pack of, of Coors Light. And we'll drink the whole 30-pack of Coors Light before the first period of class. And we're, we're fucking wasted. We're hammered. We walk in school. We're like, yeah. We miss our first period. So we, you don't get to go inside of school. They put you in an auditorium after the first period. You could go. So there's mad. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. There's mad hood motherfuckers in there. Oh, you in here too? Oh. <laughs> People go in there to see who, what chick that, that who did some dirty shit or just meet me that late. I'm like, oh, you in too? And they got a reason to mack on a girl. So that'll be that's the second strike. The third strike was, um, damn, what was the third strike? I'm trying to think. Oh, so I I kept borrowing my dad's car, 
and I was working at Playland. This is a play, amusement park. I love Playland. Playland's like, if you don't know, it's like you got Disney World, you got Great Adventures. Imagine the broke version, like where the hood, like the oh. whole hood is there, heavy. And this time was um, fucking, uh, the locks was popping. Uh, if you think I'm jiggy with it, uh, all these motherfuckers are just lit. They just, just rolling, they moving, X, Y, and Z, whatever, whatever. Um, and then I would have my dad's car and I would drive around. What kind of car he had? Oh, uh, he had like um, a, a Park Avenue, a Navy Blue Park Avenue Lincoln. Okay. It's like an old school big cat daddy shit. Yeah, like yeah. it was, and I would drive it to drive it to Playland, and I would just smash mad joints mm-hmm. to a point where. That shit. means having sex with mad women in case we got different types of fans out there. Oh, so I'm sorry. Having a lot of sex with the So my penis women. would insert inside the vagina yeah, and it would go and there was a, a gush. That's enough. That's enough. Oh, sorry. You know, um, <laughs> <my bad. laughs> and then and then So the, you was out there, you was very active the in the smell city. will stay in the car. Oh shit. Right? Then my dad would get the car and then he, him and his newly uh his now wife will be in, in, in the car like and be like, wait. <laughs> And she would think my dad's fucking yeah, yeah. other chicks. He's like, there's no one like me. And then my dad would get mad. I was like, all right, we're going to ship you. We, we can't. This oh, is too much. Shit. You was fucking up his flow. Right. Um, and then it was, it's so crazy. How old was you when they shipped you to Portland? I must have been like 17. And then, and then, so they ship you to Portland. And how long was you, like, how was the transition to from, from, from New York, big time, big city, fucking busting moves? The good thing about, uh, going to Portland, my brother already, my oldest brother who had just got a job uh, prior to working at Fila in '96. Oh, so this is '96. Fila was popping still in '96 too. And, and Fila I signed Derek Jeter, who I met. Oh his shit! His rookie year, and my brother still has the the first. He has he has a rookie signed baseball from Derek Jeter. Oh, that's crazy! Real crazy. Um, and then from '96 to like '97, he got a job at this uh, at Columbia Sportswear. Columbia? Columbia Sports. Oh, Club. shit. What year? This is 97. When shit was popping. Hey, niggas had bugaboos oh, and all that. I was like, laced. Bugaboos, I was laced. I, I, was in the, I was in high school like, oh, you got the new joint? Yo, I got the new joint. That's what, that's Harachis and bugaboos right there. Harachis with the straps Damn. on Damn. So he, he got a job in 97. Then he had a fl- he had a move to Portland. And then he was already there. He was situated. Uh, and then okay. the year that I went was the year that his, his newly... um um. Baby mom's had to go out there because she she got pregnant and the kid was already a year and a half my my oldest niece mm-hmm. so they had to fly out there and move so my brother was like yo I need you to come out here and my dad was like oh take him yeah yeah he's yeah. like take him just give it him like damn I had no saying it I couldn't I didn't yeah. there was no way they were allowed I me mean, my mom was like yeah give it to this motherfucker and my mom never remarried mm-hmm. so that was I think that was her excuse for having some extra free time so now she had got rid of one son mm-hmm. the other son my middle brother was still out in the streets but he never was really home as much so she had some room so now she has an opportunity to get rid of the last one mm-hmm. she, she took it she's like alright get rid of this motherfucker so I think that was a chance for my moms to really start dating okay but she, the one thing about moms a traditional moms especially if you're from from Central America or wherever or South America, mm-hmm. they're very traditional. That I know that they don't allow, they don't remarry, and they don't allow their young ones to know that they're fucking around. Okay, they're so discreet about it. Nowadays, baby moms don't give a fine no, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Tot tots. So I I go to Portland, and the transition was like me and Tins and a fucking goose 
a Yankee fitted, um, baggy jeans. Now they were they were kind of hip to it, but they were still like kind of behind a lot of the fashion in New York. Oh, I could only imagine. Right, fucking Portland. Right now it's everywhere. You could, you could buy shit anywhere. Everyone's kind of up to date with. But back then it was different. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. They they had like they had Fubu. Some motherfuckers rocking Fubu. I'm like, damn, I ain't rocking that shit. Yeah. Like, I would see motherfuckers rock some shit that I would never think of wearing. But they that's the only thing they could able to buy or afford. So if it wasn't Abercrombie and Fitch, if it wasn't like he was rocking Fat Albert Fubu button ups. <laughs> 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 but Portland had. Portland had like this small hip hop scene, and in Washington, years, Washington is lit when it comes to hip hop. Like that backpacking shit, they got that shit. Their weed up. is amazing. Oh, of course, weed is amazing. The culture of just being in there, and you know, it doesn't get too cold, doesn't get too hot. It's dry. It's amazing area to snowboard and, mm-hmm. and really experience uh, that type of culture. But just transition from. Knowing everybody to not knowing a flying fuck, being the outsider, no one looking at me. Everyone's looking at me down like, who is this fucking bum? I was like, we talking. I got some new tins. I'm straight. Right. I'm Gucci. Like, what are we talking? About? I got some Jabos. I'm straight. And um, with the straps. With the straps. Oh damn, I had, I had so much flash. I stole my brother. I saw, I saw my brother's half his collection came with me in Portland. He got mad. I I, I did an okie though. Like he was, he's still upset to this day. Um. Uh. Learning what to have structure was like the best thing I learned from in Portland because my brother was like, like a military structure person. His life was structure. There was no structure. He had, he had to get he had to get rid of it, or he had to fix it. Mm-hmm. And he had to, now he had his his youngest baby, um, the baby mom. So it was like now I'm not just living with my mom's. I'm living with another female I never knew before. Like never lived with. Her. Mm-hmm. So now it's a different aspect. He's like, and he's like I don't. It was just weird living with another female that I didn't know besides my mom. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. And then living with a young, with a with young a, couple, with a young couple and a three, a young three year old, where I was like now another protector, but had to watch what I say, watch what I do, right, right, right. you know. And they kind of mimic everything I do. Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty. How long was you in Portland for? Almost two years. Okay, and then and then what? Basically, I every I grew up in Westchester County, New Rochelle. I went from my last year uh, of high school and graduated in Portland. Okay. So graduated high school, but the crazy thing out there is, was I met Ebro. In I, Portland, I in met, high school? Yes. He was he was an on-air personality. That's why everything kind of relates to Hanai. Oh, that's crazy. Um, I met Ebro. He was he was doing the mornings there, mm-hmm. um, and it was like early ninety ninety nine or early ninety eight or late ninety eight. I think 99. So they saw this, this new series called Jammin', Jammin', 95 Jammin', whatever, whatever it was. And he was a morning show, and I got my tickets to go see um, the Hard Knock Life tour mm-hmm. on that show. And I was like, yo, I'm going to see whole X, Red Man, Meth. Crazy. I was like, yo, I'm, it's, and this. Max, this shit is crazy. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I, I seen Outkast when I was out there with my brother. Mm-hmm. We went to see Outkast perform live. A lot of a lot of dope shit that made me understand what it is to transition myself into being growing up and what I wanted to do. How'd you meet Ebro though? Like, what was the situation? Oh, he was a um. I would listen to him on the radio. I'll try to call in. I got through once, and it was like, yeah, it was it was quick. But I met him in the park because they had like a outside of live live event or live broadcast. 
and he was out there he was at the park and it was right by the water so I just went like hey you know listen to you guys mm -hmm. I'm a high school I'm from New York but I'm out here living you know whatever oh that's dope yeah we keep in touch man Let's keep in touch and um I, I lost his contact they gave me mm. and so, so but from that but like, and actually Carly was there too I was gonna ask about that cause I just heard that my that's old how boss who worked too. with Ebro through her years in radio was an intern for Ebro at the same radio station. Oh shit! So I seen her there, but I didn't really know who she was until later on. So I saw old pictures. Like, oh. At what point do like so you were calling up to the station when you was a kid? Like you like it's so funny because I was the type of kid like I, I never had the faith that I would ever. So I would just never even call. Like everybody wanted to be on, give a shout out or whatever, request some shit. It'll be the ninety seventh caller. But I never had the faith. I'm like, niggas like us don't get through on that line. Mm -hmm. So, like, at what, at what point, obviously, you had a connection to radio. But, like, at what point were you, like, I'm going to fucking... Because, like, what point... When did you start DJing? Like, what, oh. when did that come? So, the DJing and never came into effect <clears throat> until when I got into college. Being on the radio didn't get... Or meet the aspiration of me being on the radio, of actually taking it seriously, till. I was in college, and when I came back from New York from Portland, so after my school, there's mad shit I gotta tell about Portland, but we, that's another time. But I came back from New York, came back from Portland to New York, and I, guys, what the fuck happened, Billy June? The mic just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> he was on his phone. Sorry, I wish I could describe it, but he's a, the microphone. The uh, it came loose. Yeah, it's cool. We got you. He doesn't really need it. Um, so. We'll I, edit that out. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. This is amazing. This is great. <laughs> that, we're not going to edit this out. This is, this is gold. This yeah, is we got to keep that. Um, I, I applied. Just leave it alone, bro. I, leave it yeah, alone. It's I, fine. Yeah, you, you're adjusting the mic. If you need to talk, you just go there and you say. Yeah, put your lips to the black yeah, tip and you'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Um, I got accepted to go to FIT from high school. Oh, shit. You went to FIT? Mm-hmm. And I, I, my brother helped me out because he went to FIT. He graduated. That's how. That's older, how. That's why we got the feline and all yeah. that shit. Columbia. Okay. So he was able to kind of walk <coughs> me through what they look for in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is coming from Portland. You just came back to New York and you got in the FIT. Or yeah. You got accepted. So I go for two semesters, and then I had to take a, a class, a textile class. I was like, all right, I guess I gotta take it because it's in the requirements. Mm -hmm. So I go in my first textile class. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Like I like, I like. Going to class, being active, being that, but something about that class, like, do I really want to do this? Because the plan was my brother would do designing, and now would do the business part. Huh. But I like designing, but he had the plan. Right. But I didn't like the plan because I was like, oh, it's not. It's your. It's, it's your, not your plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was very, you know, stubborn. And I'm still stubborn sometimes, and that's what it was. And I was like. I was mad. I was like, I don't like this class. I'm on, and I'm listening to my Walkman. That's how far back. I'm listening to my Walkman and Angie on the radio, and she was talking. She was talking to some artist or whatever. And I was like, yo, I want to do that. Because there was so many dope elements I'm hearing, like, hot 97. I'm like, I mean, all these things going on in my ear at the time. I'm like, wow. And I'm hearing, uh, Another personality that was there now who works there, but he doesn't do that. They're all conversing like, "Yo, I want to do that. What do I, what I got to do to take?" And they would they always do commercials about radio school broadcasting, the Connecticut School of Radio Broadcasting. I'm like, "Oh, that's dope." So I, I was like, "You know what? Fuck it." I call my brother, "Yo, I'm not doing this shit no more." I'm like what? 
I don't want to be in college no more. I want to go. I'm gonna do radio. Oh, you know, radio's hard. A lot of people are working radio. Meanwhile, my sister in law, she worked for a lover for Kiss FM, or she worked for Kiss FM for a department called Traffic, where they do commercials. Mm-hmm. They they do all the business part and shit like that. So she's under, able to understand it. So she told my brother, like, "Yo, it's hard to work in radio because it's a hustle business." I was like, "You." It, I think they didn't believe that I, I didn't have the hustle because I kind of took like my my parents always thought like oh you're the youngest one we'll help you in life and so they never thought like I could do it on my own right because I always needed help <coughs> mm-hmm. so I was like no I want to do it um, and then and then my brother discarded me and he like I ain't fucking with you like <laughs> don't ask for help don't do whatever so I was like all right well, I gotta figure it out so like a month went by and my sister in law hits me on like so have you have you done anything? What's going on? You want to do radio? So like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure it out. The radio Connecticut schools cost mad money. It's like, well, don't do that. Transfer from FIT, go to community college in Westchester. They have a great radio program because she went there. And she kind of helped me through the steps. She like, go to, you know, I already did the fucking, um, what's the, uh, financial aid shit. So I already knew how to do that shit. She's like, mm-hmm. do that. Go to community, community college. So I did that. I got so I go to WCC who had they had like a, a radio standard pro, uh, uh, program where the advisor, the head station manager, they all came from traditional radio, like far as ABC, CBS, mm-hmm. like real radio, like WNBC, yeah. like here on Howard Stern. Ten ten wins. Our station manager was his name is Peter Kanz. He's a radio historian. Okay. So he has shit in his office, in his jo- in his house, where he collects things from radio, uh, papers and stuff like that. So he's considered a radio historian. I don't, I don't know if he's dead or not. He was mad over then, but I don't know. Um, and I was able to learn that aspect of radio. Where I was like, wow, this is dope. And, you know, you had to talk pro- proper, like, uh, W-A-R-Y, New York, 88.1 FM. Like, I had to talk like that yeah, yeah. to create this real entertainment. I remember all that. And then... You know, they were really not there. That station wasn't really college station wasn't really hip on having a hip hop shit or a station. I was like, yo, we need to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to attract more students to this program, I think you should attract it. Um, there was a, a, a Spanish kid that was running it. Uh, he was Radimus. Radimus. They would do some hip hop, but they would do it with the poppy version. Mm-hmm. They weren't really into the street shit. They're like, they're like, oh, we like this. We like the bubblegum shit. Uh, Nelly, Rob, Rami, they're like fucking, you know, top, all that. the top forty shit. I was like, yeah, but you need that. Sh- you need that element so you'll give you know other kids understanding of oh, you could play the real hip hop shit, but understand that you could bring more kids to this program, and mm-hmm. that's what they were trouble. They're having trouble too, and you wanted more kids coming to radio station. So yo, let me just be on this radio station. Give you, let me get, let me get that radio show. There was one dude there that was a hater. That's, I never met a hater in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I would understand what the concept was, but someone that stops you from actually doing what you want to do in life yeah. was this dude named, oh, I hope he doesn't listen. Oh, I don't go fuck. His name is Reggie, Reggie something. Just don't give his last name. So right. You know. <laughs> name Reggie. Name all. Oh, Reggie whatever. the hater. He had these thick fucking fish tank glasses. And one day he stopped me. Yo, you can't be playing that. That's my I, that's my record. You can't be playing. I'm like, fam, I got it. I bought it so I could buy it, and it's a clean version. You don't have a clean version. No, but I have it anyway. She's like, so let me borrow that so you don't play. I'm like, he was just hate. <laughs> he was just hate. It like, bad. I was like, 
nah, fuck that. So I go on the radio, like, yo, man, you ever had someone just be like, just don't want you to really strive in well, life? I'm like, straight some blims in the face. I was like, this dude, I don't know. And, and, and I was like, matter of fact, he has fish tank eyeglasses. <laughs> Like, I went in, and he's like, everyone started laughing. Oh, word, fam, you want beef? I'm like, fam, you're, you're, you're looking at me with a cardigan. You got corduroy pants. You got penny loafers. You're wearing thick glasses, and you're coming to me hard. Like, oh, let's, let's go, man. This is, what are we doing? This? And then they, they, they're like, well, we got to sus- either suspend you guys. I'm like, listen, I was trying to do my radio show, and I was telling my, my advisor, I was trying to do my radio show. He comes in the room and disrupt me while the on-air light was on. Now that's a big no-no. Right. So I was giving them like fucking professional th- terminology of like, you can't come in when the on-air light is on. It's unfamiliar unless you get permission. I was like, oh, I didn't get permission because he's not on my show. And I was trying to focus. I'm trying to perfect my craft. I'm really trying to learn. It's part of my curriculum, you know. So why is he interrupting me while I'm really trying to learn? So they gave him the suspension. What gave him was he was tight. So I was able to understand understand that part. Of someone that's trying to do something but don't really know how to really blossom. Like if you, if let's say you've been at your job for mad long, right, and someone comes in and flourish, and you like, why would you hate? That should inspire you to do better, like or or just yeah. like take that, like whatever. And just I was like, I took that. I was like, damn, this motherfucker's out there. And you would think that you're a minority, and you're not. You know, everyone in the station is white, or you know. The, the, yeah, I was just talking to somebody about that shit earlier. It's like funny to me sometimes where it's like even the dudes that yell that shit all day, yo, we woke, yo, da da la da la la like whatever. See you know the niggas with the seashell seashells by the seashore necklace type <laughs> niggas, yo what they call them, hotep niggas. They say all that shit, but once they see another brother that look like them come in the building, now they start acting like there's only room for one motherfucker that that you know what I mean? And then they start getting insecure and then where it's like, and then you'll see a dude, like, even for me, like, I'll be tripping sometimes, like, somebody will be, like, yo, trying to help me out, like, giving me a look, where it's like, it's not the motherfuckers that look like me that's giving me a look for the most of the times, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times it's a dude with the long nose, fucking, <laughs> fucking loafers on, or some shit that just sees me, and he's not insecure, so he's like, oh, this kid got some talent, let me give him a look, as opposed to the dude that could always... The, the dude that's in there that looks like you, it's like you would think like, oh, we we, we kind of got the same fashion, same style. We, we like the same things. But, like, they look at you like, nah, son, he's going to try to come in here. People already like him. Like, nah, we can't so that, like, help someone. Understanding that perspective of someone <laughs> like that. And you would think that they would kind of, like, rock with you because you would think strength of numbers. Oh, and I was trying to explain to him, yo, if I have more people, like, joining this curriculum and in, in, in the radio station, you, you would see people want to pay and – and join it more, and mm-hmm. I was, that's what I was trying to do. And he didn't see that. He thought he wanted. He, I guess you want you want to pioneer something, but at the same time, you if you want to pioneer something, your main I think one of the main goals is bringing people together and bringing more and strengthening numbers. That shit Not is just, mad important, bro. Like, it's just, but you know what that takes though? That takes. Like, I literally was having a conversation with a homie earlier about like, like. For me, like, I got the new show, Better Days. I got the show, Better Days, right? So I can get people like that that are popping. I can get people, right? But I say, you know what? I got a homegirl that knows even more fucking people, bro. So it's like, what is it for me to sacrifice some of the bread from the budget and put her on? Or ask her, even not put her on, but ask her if she wants to get down to help the whole fucking movement. I could be like, 
yo, if I bring her in now, I'm not going to be the dude in charge no more. Now nobody, like, you know what I mean? That insecurity of, nigga, we trying to win, bro. So it's like, am I going to be that insecure that I won't let somebody help me that can help me move everything forward and we all shine? Right. If the shit works out, we all shine. We all look good. I always came in, my perspective in life was always an underdog. Like, even grow, even hung around mainly with mostly black and white folks um, growing up was, they looked at me, they didn't look at me I was Mexican, they looked at me because, oh, you're you're Chinese or you're Asian because my, you know, my eyes were similar to Asian folks because my dad's, most of my uncles had like similar Asian, Asian features on their face. Mm-hmm. So um, I always get clowned with that. And there was other kids in my, in school that like, Mexicans and Haitians got it the worst. Like, they always get clowned on. But I never understood that. Like, wait, why would you hate on something where you're also the minority? Right. And it would always bug me out because it was like there would be other black folks in the same school that would just always clown us. And I'm like, fam, I don't know what you're talking, B. Because at the end of the day, you're going to the projects. Right. Like, w- like why would you clown? You, your struggle's probably harder than mine or as equal. Mm-hmm. Like, w- where are we going with this? Like, wouldn't you want to just, like, all right, we'll have fun in life. We'll crack some jokes, but just like when you always like really understanding of bullying, yeah, bullying was a thing growing up, and then now it's like it's forbidden. Which it's just crazy because like bullies are, for my whole life, I was just always nice with the with the snap game. Mm-hmm. So that was like my defense of like I, I wasn't fresh, I wasn't nothing, but I was nice with the fucking joke game. So it was like bullies never fuck with me. They was more like, yo, come over to this table, nigga. Like I was the bully sidekick. Mm-hmm. I was like the bully's attack dog. <laughs> so like if you came through He'd be like get him And I'd just be like Yo look at this motherfucker Like I would just go off So I was always cool But anyway Rewind a little bit So you're, you're You you go to school For broadcasting mm-hmm. Communications and broadcasting mm-hmm. And like So when did you get Your first breakthrough Like when was it like Oh shit I, I put in all this work I, I put in a lot of work And now I'm in Like I mean When did you get your foot In the door in like, the door, yeah, in the in hot nine seven door. And how long was it be- between? Was, how long was it from leaving or like having that I vision? Still, I honestly, I still feel to this day, I I feel like I still still got my foot. Like I feel like I just got my foot. In. So you're saying you're, you're, you're I pinky like, toast? I feel like just started. Like even though I, I done a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like I still have like I just started. Oh, absolutely, like, but, I, but still. Brand new. But to that, I would say there was a. Flex had an intern named Mikey D. Mikey D would would that's Funk Master Flex for you. Funk Master Flex, like so. Mikey D's uh, skit was he'll call up the radio station. And he, his voice is very like nasal, nerdy white kid, but he would talk about mad hip hop shit. So he would call up the radio station and get hung up on, and that was a bit that mm-hmm. Flex always said, "Yo, he sounds great." Tell him to call up every Thursday, every whatever. So that was his bit. So Mikey D would get kind of known. That got him an internship. I think I heard Mikey D one time on Flex, and he was like, yo, man, I've been listening to this shit since I was right. a kid. He's like, I was hearing in my whip. Flex was like, whip, that's the right word right there, <laughs> fucking whip. So he would he would always be like a, a personality, a, a character, whatever. But I didn't know he went to our school. He always mentioned Nora Shepard. I was like, I, know, I don't know the kid, but mm-hmm. he's, he find out when I went to college, that's why I met him. Like, oh, you're that dude. Like, oh, I see you in high school, but I never knew you. That was that. I never connected the dots. And then he's like, yeah, you should, you know, he, he always had the big Averest jacket, nerdy white kid, but he had the big baggy jeans. I'm like, 
why do you why do you look kind of that's not you i don't think that's you <laughs> but whatever um and then he was like yo you should really you know fuck with the record labels and just come in so he would kind of like put me on some game and come down to the, the city and um and this is i'm still in college and, and then there was a thing called cmj cmj is a college music uh college music journey journal junket junket right so it was a big college radio uh, college thing for all colleges around the country that mm-hmm. you could come join as a community of just college radio, just you know nerdy shit, whatever, whatever. So there was a hip hop section. So there was a, a they have a festival where they you could kind of meet and greet, meet all the new upcoming artists, network, meet the record labels, blah blah. blah. That's probably one of the breakthrough of understanding what the record label side. Mm. Oh, we gotta do a part two of this because this is this, this yeah. This, so I'm like, damn, like the fuck, we got it. Yeah. So it's actually College Media Journal. Media Journal, right? Okay. Um, and then 